Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a show that explores the psychology, emotions, and math of money so you can make better, smarter choices regardless of where you are on the income and wealth spectrums. I'm your host, Jaquette Timmons, and I am so delighted to say Happy New Year. I hope you had a lovely holiday season. I hope it was the perfect blend of being festive and at the same time restful. And I hope that your new year is off to a fantastic start. And because it's the top of the new year, on today's episode, I want to tackle what typically gets addressed at this time of year. Yep, you guessed it. New Year's goals and resolutions. And I know some people poo-poo setting goals and declaring resolutions at this time of the year. It may not surprise you, I am not one of those people. To me, the exercise of goal setting and declaring resolutions, that's akin to the annual planning ritual of businesses, large and small. And the way that I see it, whether you carve out time to spend an hour or a day focused on your goals and resolutions, what you are doing is creating the space and the opportunity to think deeply about where you are, where you want to be, and what is it going to take for you to close the gap between where you are and where you want to be. So let's talk about New Year's goals and resolutions. And as we're having this conversation, I want to highlight a key mistake that I see people making and hopefully encourage you not to do that. But first, I've got a few questions for you. And here's what I'm curious about. And if you happen to be listening to this while you're stationary, this would be a great time to pull out pen and paper. If you are in motion, just have this in the back of your mind as something to revisit when you have some quiet time. But my first uh, set of questions to you are these. How many goals and resolutions did you set for 2020? How many of them are new versus rollover, rollovers, I should say, from previous years? How many of them are the result of the year and review you did? Because you did do that, right? When we talked about lessons learned, you did do a look back. I hope so. If not, go back and listen to that and then um, continue on with here. Do you have a blend of goals that span the key areas of your life? Or are you lopsided? When you look at your goals or when you look at your resolutions, do you notice that you have more professional goals than personal or vice versa? How has the fact that we've entered a new decade impacted the types of goals that you've set or the resolutions that you've declared or the urgency behind any of them? Have you determined what habits, either new habits that you need to cultivate or existing habits that you need to practice more of, have you determined what habits your goals and resolutions will require of you? And then finally, have you adjusted your mindset to get ready for the results that your goals and your resolutions are in service to? I ask these questions because doing so is what is going to help you shift from treating your goals and your resolutions as if it's just a punch list. 
And I think that that's one of the reasons why a lot of people poo-poo goals and resolutions at this time of the year because of how they approach them. They just list things down on a, you know, on a to-do list. These are the things that I want to do in 2020. These are my goals. These are my resolutions. And it's, it really is just a punch list of things. But there isn't, you know, the time spent behind those things to say, okay, for this item, what do I need to do? What do I need to change? You know, how do I need to manage my time or my money or my energy differently? Those are the things that you need to do. So when you pause and you ask these kinds of questions, what you are in essence doing is setting yourself up to approach your goals and your resolutions from a more holistic standpoint. And by the way, if you were not aware, I do have a workbook that helps you with this. You will not find it on my website. So if you'd like to purchase a copy, you'll need to send me a direct message on Instagram. So again, if you're interested in that workbook, it's called Feed the Meter. Um, you can send me a DM on Instagram. But here's something else, and it's connected to the mistake that I alluded to at the top. Here's something else that's beneficial about the questions that I've just ticked off for you. And the purpose of those questions is to help you avoid a really critical mistake. And it is the mistake of setting too many goals and too many resolutions. And although we can probably agree that not setting any goals or resolutions would count as too few, there really is no one size fits all in terms of what constitutes as too many at any given moment for any person, because that's really personal. That's a sweet spot that only you know, but you do indeed know it and you know it intuitively and you know how you can tell it. You can tell it by the constraints that you have when it comes to your time, your energy, your attention, and your money. Because every single one of your goals and your resolutions requires each of those resources, but in different measures. And so the best way to really kind of objectively determine if you've got just the right amount of goals and resolutions on your list for 2020, or if you have tipped over into the realm of too many, is to actually, for every single goal or resolution that you have, ask yourself these four questions. Number one, how much time can you or are you willing to allocate toward working on them? Number two, how much energy do you have or when you, or not, let me rephrase that. How much energy do you have? And when you are at your peak with that energy, is that at the time of day when you can actually work toward that goal or that resolution? Or do you have a competing priority at that time? So here's a great example. Let's say that you are really raring to go, right? Your peak energy um, is in the morning, but you got to work and your goal and, or resolution that you're working toward has nothing to do with your work and you've got to show up at a particular time. That's a competing uh, priority and that is something that's going to present a challenge for you. So how do you work that out? So that's the second question. The third question is, have you created an environment so that even if you do have the time and the energy, you can actually focus and give your full attention to whatever is the task at hand? 
And then finally, how much money <laughs> does the goal or the resolution require in general and in this and, and in this particular moment right now? And sure, there are going to be periods of time when you may exceed your available resources because, you know, life. But when this becomes a constant state of being, that's feedback for you because that is when you know that you've actually reached your capacity and you have too many goals or too many resolutions that you're working on that are on your plate. And if you just rolled your eyes when you heard me say that, consider this. Just even looking back maybe last week, last month, or even take all of last year. Think back on the times when you only realized that you took on too much or you underestimated what you needed, but you only became, became aware of that after the fact. And that is what happens to most of us. And here's why. There is some research behind it. So be aware of it, but don't feel too bad about it. Because according to University of Pennsylvania psychologist and founder of Positive Psychology, Martin Seligman, while humans are the only primates able to plan ahead, we tend to be awfully bad at it. We tend to underestimate what it will take to achieve our goals and not only that, we actually resist the change even as we are seeking it. We make no sense at all, we human beings. Go figure. And so one of my hacks for, you know, tackling um, both the question of do I have too many goals, do I have too many resolutions, but also making sure that I've created the, the, the space where I can give something, my time, my energy, my, my money, and my attention is to think annually, but to implement quarterly. More specifically, to plan in 90-day increments. And if you're listening to this and you work in tech, you might be familiar with the phrase work in sprints. Or maybe you work for a large corporation and you work in large groups and this is also language that, you've, that, you're, that you're accustomed to because it's common where you work. But here's the thing, you don't have to work in tech, you don't have to work for a large corporation, you don't have to work in large groups to see the benefits of this approach when it comes to your goals and resolutions on an individual basis. Because not only does the idea of working or, and the practice of working in 90-day increments help you to build and maintain momentum, one of the other, like, beautiful hidden benefits is that it can reveal sooner rather than later if the efforts that you were making will actually net the results that you want. Because we all know that not all, while everything takes action, not all action is necessarily beneficial. Just like being busy is not always being productive, right? And the thing about if you adopt this notion of working in 90-day increments, of thinking annually and implementing quarterly, if you discover that you are off track, you now have both the insight and the time to adjust your habits, your systems, and your processes that you likely wouldn't have had the um, insight into or the awareness of otherwise. And so that's why I think it's useful to adopt a 90-day approach to the goals and the resolutions that you set. 
It will help you to do your best. It's always about doing your best at any given moment. It will help you to do your best at managing your time, your energy, your attention, and your money. And it is what helps to set you up for success with being able to say at this time in 2021, hey, these were the goals, these were the resolutions that I had at at the top of 2020, and here's where I am at the bottom of 2020, and you feel pretty darn good about the progress that you made or the completion, um, if it was a goal that could actually be completed within the year. And plus, this approach really does do a couple of things. It helps you to avoid the mistake of treating your goals and intentions purely as a punch list, like a list of things to just check off. And it also helps you to figure out if you are focusing so much on the result that you want in the future, but are overlooking the actions that are required of you today. And then finally, going back to the whole point of of this at the top in terms of are you setting too many goals, it will help you with containing the optimism that sometimes leads to setting too many goals and resolutions. And while you are avoiding these mistakes, here's what else happens, right? It creates the space for making sure that you are actually setting the right goals and declaring the right resolutions. And when I say right, here's what I mean. Those goals and resolutions that are designed to help you make key changes or changes, I should say, in key aspects of your life in a meaningful way. So if you're in the camp that, you know, heretofore typically poo-poos goals and resolutions at the top of the year, I hope this short episode will convince you otherwise to take a different look at it. And if you have already set your goals and resolutions, but you have not yet adopted the 90-day approach, I hope that you will take this as an opportunity to begin to practice that and apply it. So again, happy new year. I hope 2020 is off to a wonderful start. And before I go, I want to make a few event announcements. On Thursday, we're talking about goals. So on Thursday, January 9th, I am hosting a free webinar with my friend and colleague, Jessica Abel. And the title of this event is called One Goal to Rule Them All. It's free. It's virtual. It's a lunchtime affair at 1230 Eastern, but you do need to RSVP. So let me tell you where you can do that. You'll go to Crowdcast. C-R-O-W-D-C-A-S-T dot I-O forward slash E as in Edward forward slash one dash goal dash Jaquette. So again, crowdcast dot I-O forward slash E forward slash one spelled out O-N-E dash goal dash Jaquette, J-A-C-Q-U-E-T-T-E. Also, if you are attending Karen's Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Retreat, I will be facilitating a workshop, and I look forward to meeting you in person. And then also, finally, if you are in the New York City area, the next Comfort Circle Dinner is on Monday, January 27th, and the theme is A Simple Way to Have a Better Financial Year. So if that is of interest, you can go to jacquettetimmons.com forward slash comfort dash circle. Again, jacquettetimmons.com 
forward slash comfort dash circle. Scroll down to the bottom and you'll be able to RSVP for the next dinner. Well, that is it for today's episode, our first for 2020. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening all the way until the end. I know you have so many options when it comes to podcasts, and I appreciate you including this as one of them. Alrighty, folks, I'm out of here. If you aren't already a subscriber, you can do so on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And while you are there, please do, a leave, uh, please do leave a rating or review. It's how I learn if you are digging what I am creating for you. And if you're not already connected with me on social media, I hang out a lot on Twitter and Instagram. Just put my name in the search box, Jaquette Timmons, and my respective handles will come up. And don't forget about the upcoming events. There's the free webinar on January 9th, Karen's retreat, and the next Comfort Circle dinner on January 27th. I hope to see you at one or several of these events. Until next time, remember, it's about more than money. Money.